Hello brothers and sisters, I'm going to be breaking down Revelation chapter 7 and I'm going to explain why this great multitude which no man can number of all nations and tongues is none other than the raptured bride of Christ. And I'm going to do this by allowing scripture to interpret scripture. And we're going to match this great multitude to the prophecies that are in the book of Isaiah the prophet. First off, before Revelation 7 is Revelation 6. And in Revelation chapter 6, we see the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring his indignation on the Christ-rejecting world and to call his children to heaven to enter into their chambers until God's indignation is overpassed. And this occurs at the sixth seal. And this is going to fulfill the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 26 verses 20 through 21. I'm not going to get into that one because I believe that a lot of people already know this prophecy. Then we get to Revelation chapter 7 which is still the sixth seal. And we just saw the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ on the earth in chapter 6 at the sixth seal. And now we're in chapter 7. And what do we see in chapter 7? we see that Jesus does a U-turn from earth and he goes back to heaven. And now there's suddenly a great multitude from every nation, every language, and every tongue that are standing before the throne of God and giving thanks and praise with palm branches in their hands. So for the first time ever, this great multitude is beholding the glory of the Lord and we are going to see him as he really is we're going to see him face to face and god is going to wipe away every tear from our eyes and from that point on out we will forever be with the lord so let me break down the verses starting with verse 9 in chapter 7 which says after this i beheld and lo a great multitude which no man can number of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Now notice the size of this great multitude. It's so numerous that no man can number us. This is a giveaway that this can only be believers that were saved by God's grace. This is the entire body of Christ. Every believer that has ever existed all gathered together to one place standing before the throne of God from every nation and every language and tongue which is another giveaway that this can only be the Gentile bride of Christ this great multitude consists of Gentiles from every nation and not only that but what does a bride do on her wedding day she stands before the bridegroom and what do you see this great Gentile multitude doing? They are standing before the throne of God and before the Lamb, and they're clothed in white robes as a bride is dressed in white on her wedding day. And we all have palms in our hands as we praise Jesus as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and as Savior of the world. Now, when we meet the King of Kings for the first time, we are going to have palms in our hands to praise and to cheer Jesus on. Just as the Jews took palms to greet Jesus when he rode through Jerusalem on a donkey as the King of Israel. And if you remember, 
Jesus said that you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what were the Jews doing when they were saying, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord? They were all holding palm branches in their hands, and they were praising the Lord, and they were quoting this exact same phrase, saying, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. This is an exact parallel to what we're going to be doing the next time that we see Jesus in heaven at the sixth seal rapture. We all are going to have palms in our hands, and I bet you that we are going to be saying, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's just another interesting connection. Then verse 10 says, And cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Now notice that we are crying with a loud voice, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb. Why are we saying this? Because we just received the promised salvation. And this will fulfill Isaiah 25 verses 6 through 9 that says, And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things of morrow, of wines on the lees, well refined. Here the Lord is talking about the wedding feast that will take place on Mount Zion, which is above in heaven. Then verse 7 says, And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. Okay, so here we see the veil of the Gentile bride from all nations being removed for the very first time as a bridegroom removes the veil off of his bride on their wedding day. Then verse 8 says, And he will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth. The Lord hath spoken it. So, wow, this verse here is amazing, and this is actually 100% proof here that this is the rapture at the sixth seal. Because when is death swallowed up in victory? We know this from the New Testament. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. And it happens at the rapture, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. And we know that this event happens at the rapture. For then we shall all be changed. And one last thing that connects this prophecy in Isaiah 25 to the six seal rapture in Revelation chapter 7 is the fact that God is wiping away all the tears from our faces. And we see this exact event happening in Revelation chapter 7. So this prophecy confirms that we are changed from corruption to incorruption and God wipes away all of our tears at the six seal rapture in Revelation chapter 7, thus proving that this great multitude here is the raptured Gentile bride. Then verse 9 says, And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. 
wow this prophecy here is going to be fulfilled at the six seal rapture and if you notice we see that this great multitude in heaven that is glad and they're crying out with a loud voice salvation to our god which sitteth upon the throne and onto the lamb and they're rejoicing in heaven and they're giving praise with palm branches in their hands and if you notice it says that we have waited for him and he will save us this is the lord we have waited for him we will be glad and we're going to rejoice in his salvation and this is exactly what we see this great multitude doing in revelation chapter 7. this is proof that we are raptured at the sixth seal and not before this is going to fulfill the prophecy of isaiah 25 verses 6 through 9 about the wedding feast of the gentile bride from all nations okay so back to revelation chapter 7 starting at verse 11 it says and all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped god notice that the elders are a distinct group and they're not referred to as a great multitude from all nations and tongues and languages and the reason for this is because the 24 elders are not the church that is a false interpretation when the bible tells you they are 24 elders it is being literal there is no need for interpretation 24 elders means 24 elders it's quite simple but pre-trib folks are always trying to twist scripture to say what they want it to say instead of what the bible actually says the 24 elders is just a fine example and there's many others but i'm not going to get into that today then verses 12 through 13 says saying amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our god forever and ever amen and one of the elders answered saying unto me what are these which are arrayed in white robes and whence came they the elder is saying here where did this great multitude arrayed in white robes come from and he is saying this because they just suddenly appeared in heaven out of nowhere as they were just harpazoed or caught up to god's throne in a twinkling of an eye which is more proof that this is the rapture then verse 14 says and i said unto him sir thou knowest and he said to me these are they which came out of great tribulation they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb so we the elect were just snatched out of the great tribulation why because the great tribulation is the time of jacob's trouble but we are saved out of it it's the time of god's wrath and we are not appointed to it the great tribulation is the time of god's vengeance on the nation of israel for rejecting the gospel of jesus christ for the past two thousand years and for all of the blood of the saints and of our lord jesus christ and this is why we see all the souls of the saints that are in heaven that have been slain for the word of god and for the testimony that they held saying how long O lord holy and true does thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth and we know that they say this at the fifth seal so we're just taking this apart really quick the first thing that we notice is that god has not judged the wicked yet and number two 
God has not yet begun the days of vengeance on them that dwell on the earth. And the third thing is that they are all still souls. They have not yet received their glorified bodies. All of which is proof that by the fifth seal, the rapture still has not occurred yet, because they have not received their glorified bodies. And judgment has not come down, and the day of vengeance has not yet begun. All of these facts prove that the rapture happens after the fifth seal. They have to wait until the sixth seal for God to begin the great day of his wrath, which starts the days of God's vengeance. And at the same time, we, the body of Christ, are entering into our chambers in heaven, fulfilling the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 26. And all of this happens at the sixth seal rapture. And God's wrath lasts for three and a half years, and it consists of the seven trumpets and the seven vials. The first five seals are not God's wrath, okay? You can see this because the first five seals are not supernatural. If you notice, the seven trumpets are God's wrath because these are judgments that are coming from heaven. The angels are sounding the trumpet from heaven, and the supernatural wrath of God is coming down on the earth. You don't see this with the seals. The seals just consist of things that we see every day. There's been famines, there's been wars and rumors of wars. All of these things have occurred for the past 2,000 years. However, God has not yet intervened, and God does not intervene until the sixth seal. That's when God's wrath begins, and this is the first time that we see the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is at the sixth seal. And not only that, but the fact that this multitude has washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb is very significant. And the reason for this is because in Exodus chapter 19, which is a foreshadow of the rapture, God tells Moses to warn this great multitude to be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all of the people. Okay, and this is a foreshadow that after 2,000 years of the church age, on the third day, the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all of the people, and he's going to rapture those that have washed their robes. Okay, because he also tells Moses, a part of being ready is to wash your robes. And God told Moses to sanctify the people today and tomorrow for two days and let them wash their clothes and to be ready against the third day. For the third day, the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all the people. Okay, so this foreshadows the rapture. After two days, then the Lord is going to revive us and then we're going to live in his sight. That's the prophecy in Hosea chapter 6 verse 2. And we see the same thing here in Exodus 19. And it all speaks of the third day is when the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all of the people. And that's literally 2,000 years from the cross, which was the year 4,000. So the people that are ready against the third day are those that have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And that is by believing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is by putting your faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, on his death, his burial, and his resurrection on the third day. Those that believe in this good news, that their sin debt has been paid for by the Son of God, that gave his life for our sins, these are those that are ready for the third day. 
Because on the third day, the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all of the people. And those that have washed their robes are going to be the ones that are ready to be raptured and to be taken out of the great tribulation. And we see this great multitude here in Revelation chapter 7. And it says here that not only have they came out of great tribulation, but they have washed their robes and they made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Okay, and this is the reason why they're taken out of the great tribulation. This foreshadows Exodus 19, which is the rapture of the church. So what I say to you all is be ready against the third day, because on the third day, that is when we are going to be raptured. That is when the Lord is going to come down in the sight of all the people. This is not a secret rapture, okay? The pre-trib folks will tell you that we're just going to suddenly disappear, and that is false. There is no secret rapture. When the Lord comes at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, every eye is going to see him. This is going to be a major event. There's going to be cosmic disturbances in the heavens, okay? The sun is going to turn dark. The moon is going to turn to blood. The stars are going to fall to the earth. It's going to be a major event and nobody's going to miss it. Okay, so there is no secret rapture. That is false doctrine. When the Lord comes, he's going to come at the sixth seal. And we see everything that happens at the sixth seal. There's a great earthquake. The sun is darkened. The moon turns to blood. The stars fall to the earth. And then the Lord appears in the sight of all of the people. And you see people on the earth, they're hiding in the rocks and in the caves, and they're throwing their gold and their silver into the streets because the great day of his wrath has come. And who's going to be able to stand? I'll tell you who's going to be able to stand. It's the bride of Christ that is standing before the throne of God in heaven in Revelation chapter 7, which is still the sixth seal. And this great multitude is the raptured bride of Christ. Then verse 15 says, Therefore are they before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. So this verse here tells us that this great multitude is a kingdom of priests. And we know this because it says that we will serve God day and night in his temple, and God will dwell among us. Only priests can serve God in his temple, which is just more proof that this great multitude is us, the church which has been set apart to be a kingdom of priests unto our God and a holy nation. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. And this verse fulfills another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 49 verses 8 through 16 that says, Thus saith the Lord, In an acceptable time have I heard thee, and in the day of salvation have I helped thee. And I will preserve thee, and give thee a covenant of the people to establish the earth, to cause to inherit the desolate heritages. So notice that this event happens at the day of salvation. And God is giving his son Jesus Christ for a covenant to us to establish the earth, and to make us heirs to all the promises that God gave to Abraham. Then Isaiah 49 goes on to say that thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed in the ways and their pastors shall be in all high places. They shall not hunger nor thirst, neither shall the heat nor sun smite them. 
For he that hath mercy on them shall lead them. Even by the springs of water shall he guide them. Notice, this is an exact quote from Revelation chapter 7 about not hungering anymore, neither thirsting anymore, and the Lord leading us to springs of living water. These are the promises that are being given to this blessed great multitude that is from every nation, every language, and every tongue that is so numerous that no man can number us, which is us, it's God's children. Then it goes on to say, And I will make all my mountains away, and my highways shall be exalted. You see, God is going to flip everything. The poor are going to be blessed, and in God's kingdom, they will be rich. This is going to be the greatest transfer of wealth ever. And the rich of the earth that were not saved are going to be casting their gold and their silver in the streets. And the poor that were saved are going to be exalted into God's kingdom, where the streets are made of gold. Back to Isaiah chapter 49. Behold, these shall come from far, and lo, these from the north and from the west, and these from the land of Sinim. Sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth, and break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. Notice that this is talking about the rapture, and we are being called up by Jesus from the north and from the west and from all over. And then suddenly we're singing in heaven because we are now being comforted by our God and he will have mercy on us. Then it says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yeah, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Now this prophecy here in Isaiah 49 is another prophecy that is proving that this great multitude here that is from every nation and from every tongue is none other than God's children. That we were just caught up to God's throne, harpazoed to heaven. Then notice that God says, can a woman forget her sucking child? Then he says, they may forget, yet I will not forget. Connecting this great multitude to the children of God. Then Jesus says, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. So we are forever before the Lord. When Jesus sees the holes that are in his hands, he remembers us, his children, that he died for us. And this prophecy here in Isaiah 49 quotes directly from Revelation chapter 7, and it speaks of God's promises to his children, that they will never be forgotten and that he will wipe away all of our tears, and that we're never going to hunger anymore, we're not going to thirst anymore, that he's going to gather us from all over the earth, and he's going to bring us to his holy mountain, and we're going to see his glory, and we're going to rejoice in the day of our salvation. Back to the last verse in Revelation chapter 7, it says, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and he shall lead them onto living fountains of water. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
And this fulfills the prophecy in Isaiah 25 and Isaiah 49 about God wiping away all the tears of the Gentile bride from all nations and leading us to living fountains of water. And that's it. This is the proof that we have here that this great multitude is the Gentile bride. It's all in the prophecies in the Old Testament that connects this great multitude from every nation to the day of our salvation and the wedding feast and God's promises to his children that we're never going to hunger or thirst and that he's going to lead us to living fountains of water and the fact that Jesus does a U-turn from earth to heaven and then suddenly this great multitude appears that is so numerous that nobody can even count us. There's just an abundance of overwhelming evidence that this great multitude here is the body of Christ. All believers from all time. And that's all for now, brothers and sisters. I'm going to end with the gospel. That is that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. God bless you all and Maranatha.